Hello, Riley Stapleton here with John Webb recording from the Panther Pit. How are you doing, John? Uh, I'm surviving, you know, getting <laughs> through the days. So uh, we we have another episode here today talking about volleyball, softball, and football here at Stars Mill. We're going to kick it off with volleyball as we are now getting ready for the region tournament that starts on October 5th. That's right, and when you look at the records of teams in our region, we're currently sitting in third. And we're behind McIntosh and Whitewater, which is pretty unfortunate considering mm-hmm. our hatred for them. <laughs> but McIntosh is at number one. They're six and zero in the region, twenty and six overall. Whitewater's at two, at four and one in the region, but they're twenty nine and four overall. But the real key between these two is the head to head, where McIntosh ended up mm-hmm. beating out Whitewater, hand them their only loss in the region. Yeah, put that only blemish on the record, so. Whitewater and McIntosh are looking like the two teams that could take the region during this tournament, but you never know. Uh, we could always get some momentum going into this tournament and, you know, pull an upset off, which would be huge, like you said, because they are our rivals. Mm-hmm. be a big win for our volleyball team. And if you want um, some more news on this uh, volleyball season, we had a staff writer, Jenna Sanders, who recently wrote a volleyball story. You can check that out at the prowlernews.org. And, um, you know, we just got to go in its region tournament and play our best. That's right. Got to really take advantage of any sort of opportunities we get because it's going to be tough to beat two talented teams like that. Mm-hmm. It is very tough. Two teams that we couldn't get in our regular season games against them, but you never know what can happen in the postseason. Hopefully we can, as I like to say, clutch up. <laughs> Hopefully win a couple important matches. Uh huh. That'd be big. Um, we're gonna move into softball now, and uh, we uh, need to talk about you know Whitewater and McIntosh games against them, as well. We also had another writer, Morgan Evans, do a story on our second loss of the season to Whitewater, which is very unfortunate as uh, Whitewater is now atop our region, I believe, and uh. Morgan also to Coach's Corner, which should be posted soon with head coach Williamson. Uh, also, looking at, we may have lost to Whitewater, but we did get McIntosh in two games to start the region tournament, and now here we are again with Whitewater. We're pretty solidly in second. We're 10-2 and two in the region. Our only two losses come to Whitewater. And then we we have a pretty good lead over the next closest, which is McIntosh in third at 7-5. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, as you... Look at the team. Not bad. We're really looking pretty good. We're a pretty young team, so mm-hmm. we've got a lot of potential there. Yeah. We have a championship game in our region. Or is it a doubleheader, I believe? Yeah, it's a doubleheader against Whitewater. Against Whitewater on October 4th at Whitewater. So we're going to have to figure out what they were doing that was uh, preventing us from knocking them off because they, like you said, are only two region losses. We have to figure out something to beat Whitewater if we want to win the region, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Coach Williamson likes to schedule those hard matches, so hopefully those mm-hmm. can pay off mm-hmm. now that we're late into the season in the playoffs. And like you said, we, we have a young team. That's right. So, you know, maybe we don't get Whitewater this year. We can still move on into the upcoming years, and we could probably get on top of the region, you know, knock Whitewater off the pedestal that they're sitting on this year. Or we could do it this year. That's right. Hopefully this year, but a doubleheader 
I mean, it's a chance to even it up at 2-2 against them this year. That's right. And I just looked at this, and you can see our our away records just about as good as our home. Right. Home's looking 8-2, and two, away 7-2. and two, So maybe we'll be able to muster up a win over at Whitewater in this doubleheader. Yeah, so it doesn't look like, you know, where we're playing is a factor. It's just who we're playing. That's right. As Whitewater seems to have our number. So, uh, like I said, that game, or the double header, the games, will be on October 4th at Whitewater to determine the region champion. And we're going to change gears and go into football because now we're getting into region play. Things are getting a little better as we started with that difficult schedule featuring teams, you know, like Noonan and, and Sandy Creek. But, uh, he opened region play, homecoming night against Morrow, and a forty-nine nothing victory. It's pretty good, pretty good. Uh, yeah, we dominated Morrow on both sides of the ball. Really, there wasn't much that they could do. Our guys really wanted to come out on homecoming and give that big crowd a win, and we did it in a blowout fashion. I mean, we really just ran the ball straight through them. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing that people were, you know, saying we couldn't do this year without Rico. But uh, if you look a little deeper into that Morrow game, I, I wrote a story about it that's on the problemnews.org, and it's about how Cole Gilly broke the single uh, game rushing record for our school with 284 yards and also broke the touchdown record for single game with six, as six of our seven touchdowns were Cole just running all over the Mustang defense, getting those two new records. And uh, actually, we sat down with Cole before the uh, Morrow game. So uh, we wanted to share that interview with you, and uh, we're just going to switch all over to that now. Okay, uh, me and John are here with Cole Gilly on Panther Pit for an interview. How's your day going, Cole? Going good. How y'all doing? Pretty good. John? All right. <clears throat> okay, so uh, we're just going to jump right into this. What do you want to start with, John? Uh, could you describe the mentality of the team after one and three starts this season? Um, I think I think mentality is a lot higher than I think we're a lot more positive than people think we are, just because we know that we've been playing a tougher schedule and the non region games we've been playing are tougher we think are gonna be tougher than our region games. And it's been a pretty good kinda of like a pre preseason to the season. So what you know, talking about playing the tougher schedule, but then going into easier games. What are your predictions for how region play is going to go? Uh, hopefully we can we can play to our potential and we can win more games and hopefully we can win the region. So, uh, you know, you talked about your preseason kind of schedule being harder than most others. Griffin is 4-0 and they're averaging almost 50 points a game, but they've played a lot of bad teams. So do you think you have more of an advantage than them? Um, I think Griffin's actually a really good football team. I don't really know if we have an advantage over them. I think we've played a tougher opponents, so we might be more ready to play in a big game than they are, but I think it's going to be a really good game. Who are some of the leaders that you have noticed this year on the team? Um, I think Joey DeLuca is a good leader on our team. He leads offense pretty well. I think he kind of stays composed most of the time during the game. And I think John Musk has been a pretty good leader. He's been kind of controlled in the middle on the defense. And I, all, most of the seniors are leaders. We got a bunch of just – it's not really one big leader. We all just kind of look up to each other and play for each other. So, uh, you know, your first couple of years, you know, who were some of your leaders whenever you were 
you know, younger, and what effect did they have on you? Uh, Satchel Goodrich was probably the biggest leader, like, that I can remember, just because me and him played the same position whenever I was a freshman. He was a junior, and then senior year and sophomore year we played the same position, and he really helped me at practice, and he got me ready kind of to play at the varsity level, and he, I just looked up to him. Uh, after losing Rico to Creekside in the off season, what's it like to have to kind of take over his spot? How's it? I think I don't. Know. I think at the beginning everyone was kind of like, "What are we gonna do?" Rico's our leading rusher and those touchdowns. Offense kind of based around Rico, but I think by him leaving, it kind of like brought everyone together as a unit, and we weren't really a one-man team anymore. It's kind of like a team effort. And we all just play for each other now instead of everyone doing, oh, Rico can do it or something like that. It's just more of a team. Okay, so uh, if we go back to you know, what you're saying with Satchel, you know, because you were playing corner while he was, now you're running back. So you kind of have the perspective of both sides. So what's it like, you know, being a big player on both sides of the ball? Uh, it's definitely a lot, a lot of work, a lot of conditioning. I got to stay in shape. But it's it's definitely fun because I want to be in the game as much as I can, and I want to try and come. I want to be a big part of the win if we win a game. I just want to be out there to help help the team win. What have you observed that since you play on both sides of the ball? What have you seen that we really need to work on for each side of the ball? Uh, defense is just tackling. We really are. We're really not that bad at fitting, finding our like fitting holes and stuff. We just got to get people on the ground. We don't wrap up very well. We're pretty, we've been doing a pretty good job of defending the pass. And on offense, I think it's just not having one mental breakdown. A lot of times, on like a drive, we'll have a good drive and then we'll have a mental, mental breakdown. Uh, after playing against Santa Creek's probably Division One running back, how does that help you guys kind of as far as tackling and your fundamentals go? I think it just helps us mind like our mindset knowing that we could we could tackle him and I'm basically tackling him when we play. Mm-hmm. Um so uh if we were let's just end this on a good note, you know, again your perspective from both sides of the ball, what are some things that, you know, you think you guys are doing well? Um, I think I think we've really been playing we've been getting better and better every game. Every game we've gotten a little bit better and I think the best team we've played was Sandy Creek and that was the best game we played by far. I think, and I think we just really have understood that we can play with almost anyone we play, and it's just helped us a lot. I gotta throw this in there. How do you see us matching up against Whitewater and Macintosh? Uh, um, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of talk going on between Whitewater, especially. I don't know. I think if we played. How we're capable of playing, we we can do pretty good against them. When the underlying story behind the talk is, we've lost two players to them, and one of our former coaches is now their head coach. So, does that kind of fuel the rivalry? Yeah, it does. I think so. Makes you want to beat them a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. And you know, with Macintosh, you know, the past couple of years, you know, it hasn't been pretty for them. But they have they have a good running back this year. So, uh, you know, is. Is there more than just tackling to stop players like that? Uh, I think I think the way you stop running backs like that is just not let them get in the open field. And if you can tackle them like 
when we played Kyle Cater, he's a really good running back for Northgate. And we actually did a pretty good job tackling him. That's the kind of running back you just really can't really do anything about. He just, he'll get five yards, five yards, five yards. You just can't really stop him. But I think if we tackle, we can stop most good running backs. So, uh, you know, you kind of, you know, running backs aren't the only guys that can run, obviously. In Fayette County, they have a good quarterback, a mobile quarterback. How do you contain kind of a dual threat like that? I think just got to limit the big plays because, you know, when you have teams that are athletic like them, they just, they're going to get some big plays, but you just got to keep looking forward and play the next play. You can't let them. They break a big one, you got to make a stop. Just play each down at a time. Okay. Uh, so things are looking good. Maybe, you know, some more wins in region play. Anything else you want to add? No, not really. Just we, I think everyone should just be patient. I think we're going to end up being better than everyone thinks. Anything else, John? No, just hope we good luck. Hope we find some success. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. thank you for joining us today. And uh, we're going to cut back to the podcast now. Now, uh, as you can see, you know, I'm talking to Cole. He had a lot to say. It was good to hear from him. So uh, back to what we were saying. Uh, we want to see if Gilly can do that again this weekend because we have a big game against Griffin. It's supposed to decide who gets the top seed in the region this year as Griffin and uh, Stars Mill are supposed to be the best two teams. I mean, it's a huge game. Huge. Probably biggest of the year. Yes, As definitely. far as our team goes. Personally, I always find Whitewater and McIntosh should beat those mm-hmm. big games, but that's just because I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> but this is probably the biggest game of the year, so at Griffin, it's going to be a tough one to come out with a win. Mm-hmm. And uh, Cole talked a lot about tackling in that interview. Mm-hmm. And Kyle Soto, a sports writer, caught up with uh, Coach Middlecoffer, the defensive coordinator, in a... In a episode of Coach's Corner about a week ago that you can go on the ProudlyNews.org and check out. And just like Cole and really the rest of the team, Coach just kept emphasizing how we need to work on the fundamentals, tackling everyone in open field, mm-hmm. getting confidence to go into hits and mm-hmm. come out on top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I talked to Coach after the victory against Morrow, you know, about what we need to do to go uh, beat this good, good Griffin team. And he said that, you know, tackling is huge. Mm-hmm. But he also said that Griffin, it, it's big that we don't give up any big plays because they have a very good offense. Of, very good offense. They're averaging 40 or 50 points a game. And coming off a game where they just beat Whitewater, 56-21. And he said we can't give up big plays and let their offense get going, which is why he said tackling is going to be huge because we just have to make sure we can stop their offense as much and he said on the other side of the ball, the game plan that we run, you know, if we get the blocking that we need, obviously we can see, you know, what Cole can do. So it's just about executing the game plan, and that's really what Coach emphasized. And just to throw in a little shout-out, someone who really executed the game plan two weeks ago against uh, Sandy Creek, Ryan Cox, huge mm-hmm. game. Two interceptions? Two. And he really he played a huge role in us being able to stay in that game in mm-hmm. the fourth quarter. We, uh, he had one of his interceptions later in the game, set up the touchdown from Cole that uh, tied it at 21. So he had two huge interceptions. But uh, also from the Sandy Creek game, we had a couple missed opportunities on a couple dropped interceptions, but we had some of those guys redeem themselves against Morrow. So it's really look like, looking like we have a defense that can force turnovers and get our 
offense back on the field, which is huge whenever you have running backs putting almost 300 yards up. Yeah, I mean, you think of the best teams in the world. Definitely the best team last year, Denver. What are they known for? They're known for their defense. Mm -hmm. So if we can really build up that defense, have some confidence in them to make plays when they need to, it will start showing up on the win column. And that's the thing is, you know, like we've really, really emphasized just how tackling is our biggest thing. And that's what killed us with Sandy Creek because they realized that they could run over us. But when you look at our pass defense, it's it's way better than uh, when you compare it to our run defense because we have a lot of playmakers on the outside, including Cole, also sophomore Carson Walter, guys like that that can make plays and, you know, not let the ball get to the receiver. And if we uh, go back to the offense, and a little while ago I talked about how people were saying our, it just the way we run our offense isn't going to work without Rico. Mm-hmm. But uh, when you look at his stats from his record-breaking year, he had 168 carries for 1,431 yards and 13 touchdowns, getting about 8.5 per carry. He had seven games with 100 more yards, 100 or more yards. He was averaging 143 a game. And then you go look at Cole, who has 85 so far with 698. He's averaging about, you know, 8 yards a carry, just like Rico was, almost the same amount per game. But he already has 10 touchdowns, 4 games with over 100 yards rushing. So really it looks like our offense is, you know, all about the blocking. Not all, but mostly about, you know, getting holes for those running backs to go through. You put the ball in their hands and they have a mm-hmm. hole, they'll find the end zone. Mm-hmm. That's what Cole's really got a good nose for. Mm-hmm. He's getting the ball in it in the end zone. That's really all that matters for us. Yeah, I remember talking to him after his record-breaking game and he said, you know, it was all his blockers. Mm-hmm. You know, they opened it up, he did the rest. Because... Uh, He's a junior this year, and he's on pace to have, you know, almost 1,400 yards, which is close to Rico, but on pace for 20 touchdowns. Rico had 13 all last year. Cole already has 10 halfway through this year. You know, it's looking like he can match Rico for 100-yard-plus games. And his average per game, average per carry, it's all looking close. And he's on pace to have more carries than Rico did last year. And I remember after that preseason scrimmage, I asked Coach, you know, what are we going to do without Rico? And he said, you know, it's not a huge loss because there's some things that Cole can do better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just depends on the offensive line, like I said, which is very, very important. And switching gears to a different offensive threat, our passing game. Mm-hmm. We were talking about it before this, and uh, it seems that the coaches are starting to trust Joey a little more. Mm-hmm. I remember at the end of last season, they're talking about how, you know, the it was his sophomore year and you know as he got towards the end of the season you know they were saying he's a junior now so now they're probably going to be looking at him as a senior now and it just seems that he's you know getting some more passing attempts per game there's more trust with him and if we can develop you know a passing game to where we can run 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 and then you know throw in a play action and have the potential to have you know a big play offense that could be huge against you know those good teams like Griffin potentially Whitewater that could really you know separate a win from a loss Mm -hmm. and I mean you know a huge part of any sports people have a confidence in you that's Mm -hmm. a huge part of your performance so I'm sure that the coaches and fans and everyone really his whole team Joey DeLuca's probably feeling a little bit better this year because he's getting the ball a little bit more and he's making better plays Mm -hmm. and you know I've Seeing how the coaches, they really like to put confidence into their players. As you know, if we go back to that Sandy Creek game, we had our kicker 
Michael Lance, who's only a sophomore, attempt a 55-yard field goal. And, uh, you know, but after it was, he missed it, but, you know, coaches came up to him, they said, hey, you know, you just bad kick this time, you know, you got it. And, you know, it seems like they just instill this, they try to get this confidence in all their players. They just, they let them know they have faith. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. that's huge for performance. Yeah, they want everyone on the team to play to their full potential, and they try to tell them, you know, even if you mess up. And that's, like, I was talking to Coach, and he's saying everything they do is play by play. You know, if there's a good play, you know, just play hard the next play. Bad play, play hard the next play. You know, he, he kind of likes having a short memory in his players. Just, you know, play the next play, play the next play. Got to bounce back, mm-hmm. good or bad. Mm-hmm. And looking ahead, after Griffin tonight, next week, we don't get a break. We're going to Whitewater. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a tough game. Got a couple guys from Whitewater who transferred over, like Cole was saying. I mean, it's a real rivalry. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, we're looking to hand them a loss at their place like we did last year. Yeah, we opened the season last year with Whitewater and came away with a 21-7 victory. And uh, I don't think they were too happy about it. That, I think they, they're looking for their revenge. That had to be the most satisfying win last year for me. <laughs> and then... Um, Straight away after Whitewater, we're, we're meeting McIntosh here, mm-hmm. and obviously we look we look at that game and think of the past. We sh- should be easy, but mm-hmm. McIntosh is looking a lot better this year. They have a good running back, so I don't think it's going to be as easy as we hope. But Mm-mm. maybe good things will happen. We'll be able to hand both of those rivals a loss, and hopefully Griffin tonight as well. Three yeah. region games that are all huge for our. Mm-hmm. overall playoff success, too. And uh, Riverdale, they're another team in our region. You know, they haven't been one of the teams at the top of the region every year, and they actually beat McIntosh 23-7. to And it shows you that, you know, you know, any given Sunday, in this case Friday, um, you know, anyone can beat anyone. So we can't overlook mm-hmm. teams, you know, like McIntosh that we have a good record against, or even Whitewater, who we beat pretty well last year um it's just we have to be ready and I think you know with coach talking about you know the play by play you know play the next play I think he likes to look at it as you know let's focus on this game because I remember talking to him after the game he said they don't celebrate wins for that long they said after the morrow game he said you know let's celebrate this for 24 hours and then it's Griffin so I think coach having that mindset could really help us with just playing teams like McIntosh that a lot of people think we can just run them over yeah I mean the season's all different games. It's not all one game, so you got to mm-hmm. treat it like that, you know? Otherwise, you'll get caught up and caught off guard by a team who really probably weren't expecting. So after Riverdale, our finale of the year is at Fayette County. Mm-hmm. Last uh, region game as well before the playoffs start. And hopefully we'll be seeing some games after that as well. So, uh, yeah, and I'm pretty sure they have a mobile quarterback, so, you know, tackling could be huge. But uh, I think that's all we have for today. So uh, thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.